Welcome to Big Brave Business. This is a podcast built on the belief that you can create absolutely anything for yourself. Whether it's a dream job or a dream life, it's all possible for you. I'm Amanda Nelson, a virtual assistant and digital marketer. And that's Sarah Heater, podcast producer and strategic consultant. Each week, we will share insights from working with dozens of clients, stories of how we got where we are, and encourage you to see us as your new business besties. So grab a cup of coffee and let's talk being brave in business. Welcome back to Big Brave Business. Sarah, how are you? You know what? I'm doing really, really well. This week is so much better than the past (laughs) couple. And at the time of recording this, I'm counting down the days to vacation, although I realized this is going to air on the last day of my vacation. So like, that's kind of depressing to think of. So I'm trying not to go there. But I'm so excited about vacation and I'm just feeling better this week. How are you? I am in the exact same boat. I'm so happy and relieved. It has been a rough couple of weeks, but I buckled down and got what we talked about just a couple of weeks ago is self-care looks for us like getting a ton of work done. And that's exactly what I did. I just got a ton of work done. I feel so much more ahead going into vacation. Like, I am excited. I am leaving on July the 4th for vacation. As we're recording this, it is less than a week away. I cannot even begin to tell you how excited I am. And furthermore, I get to meet you in person. I know. It's going to be so cool. Like finally we get together time. I mean, I can't even handle it. I'm so (laughs) freaking excited. And I'm really looking forward to asking you all the questions and sharing with our listeners a little bit more about what it looks like for us from a day-to-day perspective and what a day in the life looks like for each of us. Yeah, some of my favorite entrepreneurship podcast episodes that I've ever listened to have been like a peek behind the scenes of what it realistically looks like. Like, what's your day realistically look like? And now for me being four years into business, I'm like, I literally had to count that. I'm like, is that accurate? Yeah, four (laughs) years into business. It's crazy to think about like pre-entrepreneurship Sarah who dreamed about entrepreneurship, who was so nosy, like, tell me what your day looks like. And now to be able to say four years in, this is what it looks like. I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. And I think I see so many people on social media that talk about how much income they bring in. Yeah. And I just think it's good to be realistic and raw and honest about we have both said we are six-figure earners for our households. And I'm just like, what does that even look like? How much dedication does that take? Because you and I have both said to each other, there is nothing about what we do that is a work two days a week make this amount of money. Yeah, no four-hour work weeks (laughs) around here. No four-hour work weeks around here. There's a whole other, I guess, mindset discussion around the number of hours we work that we will probably not dig into today, like save for another day. But yes, we work, spoiler alert, we work a lot more than four hours a week. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I think it may surprise some people and maybe not because I think there are so many get rich quick schemes out there that tell you, oh, you know, if you work four hours this week and your prices are high enough, you're going to make so much more money. And I just want to be like, 
what, what's your client retention like? <laughs> like, are your clients happy in coming back? Or, you know, how consistent is your income? I've only known hard work and working hard for my business. So I think it's good to share a little bit and with our clients that listen to what it looks like for us when we're working for you, because we are all virtual. I think your client experience is such a good question. And in addition, I would also pose the questions of your profitability and also who's actually running your business. And I think there's something to be said for hiring a team and delegating. I also think that there's an ethical question around paying someone, especially in another country, like a pitiful wage and then you're uh, charging clients a phenomenal amount of money and you're pocketing the difference but your team is actually doing the work like that that bothers me but there's a way to to hire ethically of course and there's a way to build a team that's ethical of course but I just think I just want to like touch on those two kind of questions around when people share what their day looks like or they or they don't really share what their day looks like to be honest they just give these little glimpses into these get rich quick schemes i think it's important to kind of call out like so that you can sniff out what's toxic and what's not toxic what's the opposite of toxic <laughs> no I, that's a great question great question um not toxic not toxic um, healthy <laughs> that's what's coming to mind is yeah like, okay okay we'll go with that that sounds good yeah, non-toxic yeah. It is important to be able to see a little bit behind the curtain because you it will kind of update your bullshit a meter, I think, a little yeah. bit yeah, to yeah. be able to see like – and also, I think you and I have discussed this a lot privately and we'll say, I'll say it here. What people post on social media for what they make in their income for the amount of hours they work, nine mm-hmm. times out of ten is complete BS. Like That's complete. true. That's true. Um, so I always just encourage people, don't let yourself get down on your on yourself or your business when you see someone else who is super claims to be super successful and you're not getting there and you're not seeing the traction that you're wanting. Just remember that everything on social media is not real. So totally. Um, and the same thing yeah. goes for podcast stats. Actually, I see this all the time where people will make claims about hundreds of thousands of downloads a month or something like that. And then I go look up their show and I can't see the number of downloads for someone else's show. But what I can see is their global ranking. And if they're not, you know, they're in the top 10% or something like that. Like, y'all, we're in the top 10% and we do not have 100,000 downloads a month. Like, that's not what that looks like. So, um, you know, sometimes you can kind of check and see, but most of the time those numbers are lying. So we'll never lie to you. That's right. So to kick this off, I think it would be great. Let's start with what does the morning usually on an average day look like for you? What time do you wake up? What do you do? When do you start work? What's it look like? Okay. Ideal day. I don't wake up before nine. I do. I want to like go ahead and say, even though this is kind of skipping to the end, I work often late into the night. Like we've joked about this before, but I will sometimes, especially with the time difference, because I'm on the West Coast and Amanda's towards the East Coast, um, I will literally email Amanda at night when I'm still working. And there are times that she's literally up for the morning already. So I work very late. I like to sleep at least until nine, depending on how late I'm up. I will sleep until 10 or 11 on an ideal day. But 
when I have meetings, that's not feasible. And since I work with people in different time zones and most other people do not like working nights, <laughs> they want to spend their nights either sleeping or with their families, I have to get up to take meetings often. So I kind of have this like sort of pseudo rule in my head that I'm not setting an alarm for before 8 a.m. unless it's really important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that for you. I wish I had the ability to sleep past 6.30. Even on the weekends, my body is like, get up. The sun is up. You have to get up. Usually my mornings, I try to get up by 5.30. I love I, my most productive time is in the mornings. Sarah's shaking her head at me. I just love That's the quiet. <laughs> I love the quiet of the mornings. I love that my husband's still home. He's asleep. The dogs are still asleep. I'm in my pajamas. I start my coffee. It's quiet. I can put my earbuds in and the TV doesn't have to be on. Typically, when my dogs wake up, I immediately turn the TV on for them because they actually do sit and watch TV <laughs> during the day like children. It's just quiet. And I, I just feel like everybody, all of my clients for the most part are in Pacific time. So they're two hours behind me. So if I start my day at 530, they're still very much so asleep. So I get a good five hours of work in before I hear from anyone. And that's like my most productive time in the morning. And I also have clients that are overseas in Israel and in Italy. And with the time difference, it just works out best for me to get up that early. So I start my day at 530 and I work all day. <laughs> I don't know how to transition into what does your noontime look like, Sarah? <laughs> well, I want to say too about mornings, some key differences. First of all, you have dogs that have to go out. And I that's a key difference between you and me. Um, that I, I hear all the time from people who have dogs that they can't sleep in because they have to get up to let their dogs out. And then also Drew, you mentioned Drew's still home. He gets up and goes to work. And for me, Eric and I both work from home. So yeah. that those those are like some key differences. Also, my schedule is definitely very much Eric's schedule. He really picked it. And <laughs> that when we moved in together, I said, we are never becoming these people. And here we are. We've become these people that are up all night and then sleep all morning. So anyways, yeah, I would say for me, my day starts with my work day starts with meetings. I have to kick out as many meetings as possible before I really dig into any work because when I wake up, especially with accommodating different time zones, that's when meeting, 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 back-to-back -back meetings, <laughs> lots and lots of meetings. And then a little break, to your point, for some food and uh, just a brain break, a screen break, and kind of catching up with Eric, checking in with Eric about his day and whatever we've got going on, whatever's going on with the kids, etc. And then I sit down to do my desk work in the afternoon slash evening. What I envy about you is I notice when it comes to my workflow, if I stop working for a consistent amount of time, it's very hard for me to get back in the groove. So Drew, my husband gets home at four. When he gets home at four, I typically like make dinner or I'll stop and talk to him for about an hour, hear about his day. I try to be really present and just spend some time with him that hour and just kind of like catch up with him. And then I typically go from working at my desk to working on the couch and we'll binge. Like right now we are binging a lot of true crime, a lot of true crime currently. And I work that afternoon on the couch, but it does take a big mind shift for me to get that mm -hmm. motivation up and going. And I keep, I always beat myself up about this. Like, why am I not staying motivated? My workday is still going. It's, you know, five o'clock. I should still be working. I also have to remind myself, homegirl, 
you started work at 6 a.m. <laughs> you started work at 6 a.m. You can take a break or you can, you know, quit early. But yeah. So what is a what does a break look like for you? So sometimes a break is getting out of the house, going for a drive, just truly forcing myself away from screens. Sometimes it looks like Eric and I sitting in the living room catching up on whatever shows we're watching at the time. And sometimes it looks like, although this is debatable whether this feels like a break, sometimes it looks like getting on the phone with my mom or a friend and catching up on whatever's going on with them and checking in with them. And often that ends up not being a business-related conversation, although I do talk about my business a lot. So hard to say. But if I have a lot of meetings, if it's a day of a lot of meetings, that can be just exhausting to be social. So I kind of want the like, just absorb into myself a little bit time. Like I need to be introverted a little bit. And then I think I've shared this before on here, but my office is downstairs in the, on like our main floor and Eric's office is upstairs. So then we like part ways to go to our separate offices, which a little bit can feel sometimes like we're being punished and we're like sent to our opposite corners. (laughs) So that quality time together, I think, is really important because before I had as many meetings as I do, we used to start our day together every day where we would wake up together. We would make brunch together. We would like spend this time, this quality time together before we would both go dig into work. So having that break in between like my meeting schedule and our desk work time is really helpful for us staying really connected to each other. But it means we end up working into the evening and the night, which really interrupts dinner time. So that's like been a very big challenge where we're both in the flow and neither one of us wants to stop and make dinner. So we end up ordering takeout and it's just like a whole thing. It's just a continuous pattern. It's a problem. So it's something we need to we're going to when we're we have time off and we can kind of step away from everything. We're going to reexamine like how could we restructure this? But yeah. Yeah. But what about your evenings? What's that like? Well, my evenings are kind of like I was saying. Is My husband gets home at four. I try to kind of get off of my desktop at that point and move to my laptop. And that's when I just work on work on the couch for the rest of the afternoon. So typically from like five until eight, I work on the couch until I'm just tired. I've gotten to a good place. I've said it before on the podcast. One of my biggest tips for anybody is to whether it's your house, whether it's your work, whether it's I mean, it could be anything in your day, the way you want to start your day. So I try to get work to a good stopping point at the end of every day so that I know when I come into the office in the morning and I start work, I'm at a good place where I'm not in a panic mode, where I can take my time, ease in, not feel pressured. So I will work until I feel like all my projects are at a good stopping point or at a thing where I can pick it up and keep going the next day. And then... um Yeah. And so I typically crash then. My day is very simple. It's just broken up a lot by meetings. And I think, so I don't know how much communication you have during the day with your clients, but I have constant text messages, Voxer messages, and it gets really hard and can feel like you can't really get a break. So as soon as five o'clock hits my time, which is technically when my working hours end, I put my phone on do not disturb. And that is like my uninterrupted do not talk to me time. I'm getting projects done. I'm technically not working for clients. It just basically means I'm unavailable for communication. 
Yeah, I get, I do get a lot of emails. I get more emails than anything else. I get some text in Voxer, but I, I check my emails in bed, which I know, again, you'll hear a lot of advice against this. But for me, because I sleep in and my clients don't, I wake up to a lot of messages. So it, it gives me a chance to stay in bed a little longer and to like not have to get up and get ready for the day or whatever yet. And I can just still lay there while I'm kind of waking up and get an, I, a lay of the land. That's what I like to say is kind of get an idea about what I can expect is waiting for me. There's some stuff that's like easy to respond to that I can just hit reply and deal with right away. And then from my phone, and then there's other things that I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to come back to this when I'm like actually sitting at my desk and ready. And some things that are kind of a a bigger deal, but I'm not going to have a chance to get to until I'm done my meetings. I can set expectations with clients then and say like, hey, I got this, but I'm going to do it this afternoon, right? So that kind of helps clarify. But then probably when I'm done my meetings is when I'll hop back into my inbox and respond to things again. And then probably at the end of the day, just to wrap up, it would be responding to things again. So I can kind of batch my client communication, if that makes sense. I don't have to be like so much on call to respond. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that I totally envy the way that you get to work because you know when your shows are coming out. So you work mm-hmm. on a schedule. Mm-hmm. So like you know what's expected of you. You're like regimented. I think that would be incredible to have because for me, 90% of it is project based or it's, you know, routine repeated tasks. Yes. Mm-hmm. But for the most part from day to day, I don't really know what's going to get thrown at me for the most mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. So like having that regimented schedule, do you love it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's really helpful from a hiring perspective, because it's really easy to train team and set clear expectations on what they need to do and when so like right now that's you and Eric but we've like teased this on the podcast that we are have a new team member who's going to be starting in July and then I'll probably make at least one more hire before the end of the year for additional editing support which is exciting but it's helpful to be able to kind of say this is how the business works and like bring new people into it I think that it does get hard to balance, like with anyone, client work with working on my business. I spend a lot of time working in my business on client stuff, but then doing my own stuff always comes last. And when I have a really heavy meeting day and I haven't even had a chance to work on client work or to review Eric's work or to like respond to you on projects you're doing, then that has to come before whatever my additional stuff is. And I feel like, especially with you and I specifically, the way we work together, it results in a lot of times I feel like you're needing stuff from me. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I promise I'm going to get to it. But that's where, as far as taking like a step back from the daily, but looking at weekly and monthly, that's where no meeting days are really, really helpful. So right now I take meetings Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I do not really take meetings on Monday and Friday. Now, occasionally something will creep into my calendar on a Monday or a Friday and I make that choice that I'm willing to break my no meeting rule for that meeting. But generally speaking, that gives me like a four-day weekend kind of to catch up on desk work, but also to take a break from work. And then I do one week a month with no meetings at all. And 
it's not like a Monday through Friday. It's like a Wednesday through Tuesday or something like that. And I count down the days to my no meeting week because I can get so much done during that time. <laughs> yeah, you really inspired me. I have started starting in August. I have booked out an entire week where I have no meetings. And let me tell you something. I am looking forward to that week like you have no idea. And I think we fuss so much about having meetings and people who may not have a lot of clients or a lot of client meetings don't understand the time warp that goes through that you go through whenever you're having multiple meetings you can blink and you're like oh my god there went my entire day and I haven't done any and I haven't done any work it's crazy that's actually such a good point let's talk about that because when I built out my offer I I included in my standard services package a monthly 45 minute call with me And when I had, you know, three clients, five clients, seven clients, that's only three, five or seven meetings a month. Not a huge deal. When I have 30 clients, that's 30 meetings a month. Plus any sales calls, any calls with you, any calls with launch clients, which is different than the ongoing monthly services clients, any of my own calls where like I'm doing, I'm getting training or coaching or anything like that. I mean, the calls really add up. So like today alone, my original meeting schedule had two, three, four, five, six, seven meetings today on my original meeting schedule. Now, three of those ended up getting canceled because this is like a really weird vortex week where everyone's canceling meetings. Not really sure what's going on with that, but it's I'm not complaining. So that dialed back my day a lot. But yeah, so a day of seven meetings starting at 9am and going all the way through like 4.30 today, I think, or 5.30 tonight. That is like not atypical, especially now that I've squeezed my meetings onto three days a week. That is one thing I will say. It's great to have Monday and Friday be meeting free, but it means my Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are really long days of meetings. Yeah, it'll catch up with you like that. When I start taking (laughs) meetings on Thursdays and Fridays, I was like, man, those Tuesdays get real full. But unlike you, I don't do sales calls that often. I only get on on calls with prospective clients if it's someone I really want to work with. My book of business is full and I'm not taking any clients right now, which is awesome. But Hmm. I don't have a lot of sales calls. Mine are more standing catch-up meetings with people. So a lot of times I have clients who are – I do a lot of administrative work for. So that means that I manage their executive-level calendars. Mm -hmm. So people that run large corporations have – in case you didn't know, they have about 10 different calendars for each different part of their business. It's very important to sit down with someone and coordinate. It's a lot easier than doing it over email. Those calls I actually enjoy because to me, it's all getting down to business. There is nothing more frustrating than when you get on a standing call with someone and they're like, so how's your family? And I'm like, we could have had this conversation over text message. You know, I appreciate people wanting to build a relationship, but it does make it awfully hard to just like, let's get down to business and do these thing. Let's do it, you know. But I do have project-based clients that I do creative work for who like to talk and get to know me and it's very personal to them. Mm-hmm. I love that. I cannot do that once a week. <laughs> I just cannot. I cannot do it. 
Yeah, that's what's wild for the difference between me, my business and your business as well, is that I'm like, oh, now I have 30 meetings a month. And yours is like, I have 30 meetings a week. <laughs> like, this is, yeah. if I, my clients want to meet every week, which is also hilarious to me because I, I mean, officially, I am one of your clients. And I'm like, is meeting once a month too much? Although we do meet all the time for podcast. We record all the time for podcast. So I guess yeah. I still monopolize you every single week. You do. You really do. Let me ask you a question and then we'll <laughs> jump over to what's making us happy this week. Yeah. Do you have something that you use to help you focus or what's a, something that I have something in mind specifically for me that's <laughs> that brought up this question, but do you have something that you use that keeps you organized or um, like a comfort thing that you keep at your desk that helps you stay focused? Do you keep candy? Like what's your comfort thing that you use at your desk? comfort I definitely do have work snacks for sure I don't know I don't know that it's in my best interest to have them I go through phases with it where like I go nuts and I have like a whole pantry at my desk of work snacks and everything from like Oreos to popcorn to fruit snacks to like I mean kind of all over the place but as you can hear not all of those are like necessarily nutritious so um that's why I kind of go through phases with it where I feel like I eat sort of mindlessly if I have that whole pantry there so go back and forth on that but that's definitely like a comfort thing. I would say things that keep me kind of organized or focused would be my calendar and Trello big time. I keep like a to-do list for every week on Trello and that helps me knock stuff out. And then my calendar and Calendly linked with my calendar. That's like a big thing for organizing my meetings. But what's your thing that you have in mind? <laughs> um, I have a pair of in-ear earbuds and they are noise canceling, but they're not only noise canceling. They are, they basically make it sound like you're in the inside of a airplane, like that quiet oh. hum. Cause it's like, you can hear your own heartbeat type thing. It sucks all the sound out of, and it just, locks you in and I can play music through them and I'm obsessed with them. I have three pairs because I never want any pair to go <laughs> dead. Um, they weren't expensive or, any, or anything, but even in the mornings when it's quiet, I still put them in. And for some, some reason it has, it just zeros in my brain. It mm. locks me in. Nothing bothers me. I specifically wear them a lot during the day when my dogs are up and moving around. I have mm -hmm. two. One, one of my dogs is deaf. The other one is not. One is kind of a guide dog for my deaf dog. And so if there is even a bump, that's a very quiet bump, my guide dog will bark and trigger the deaf dog to bark. So it's like a um it's like an endless cycle of barking when they start. So I keep my mm. in-ears in just to like have sanity. So mm -hmm. anyways, my in-ears, they're my comfort. I love them so much. So Aww. what's making you happy this week? Okay, I have one that I haven't shared on the podcast yet. And Eric actually was like, I'm surprised you haven't talked about this. So <laughs> one show that Eric and I have been really into recently, and if you don't have kids, then you're gonna be like, what is Bluey on Disney Plus? And here's the thing. If you have kids, you obviously know Bluey. We had heard of Bluey. Eric first saw a couple of episodes on TikTok, like here and there. And he was like, this show is actually like really good. And he had said to me, Sarah, I just want to show you this episode. I just want to show you 
one more episode. And I was like, yeah, it's really cute. It's really emotional, like really well done. I would say if you don't know what it is, it's an Australian animated show about a family of dogs and it's like a kid's show except I would argue it's less about childhood and it's more about parenthood so it's really a show about parenthood the episodes are like eight minutes long there's two and a half seasons on um Disney plus right now although they're about to bring more episodes July 12th so like right after this episode comes out so perfect time for you to go get into Bluey (laughs) and um it's like a palate cleanser that's what we said we've been saying is um when life feels really hard or we feel really exhausted or we're angry about something or whatever it's like we'll get fired up with each other we'll be in like ranty pants mode and then it'll be like what if we just sit down and watch an episode of Fluey or a couple episodes of Fluey and let's just like do a palate cleanser. So we have no little kids here. We still have seen almost every episode of Bluey. We're very close to catching up, which like I'm a little bit sad about, but we know there's new episodes about to drop. So that's okay. And um, yeah, I highly, highly recommend it. There have been episodes that have made both of us cry they just they just get you right in the feels and it's just it just feels good it's a feel-good show so if you need a palate an eight-minute palate cleanser I highly (laughs) recommend Bluey (laughs) okay okay what's making me happy this week is a couple of weeks ago I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast but I did tell you about it Sarah we live very close to a restaurant that we are obsessed with it has the head chef was one of the finalists on top chef a couple of years ago and we live very close to this restaurant and we were called and asked if we wanted to be on a taping of diners drive-ins and dives with Guy Fieri and we did it a couple of weeks ago and it was super fun. Drew and I got interviewed. We will definitely be on the episode. Got to meet Guy. He was perfectly lovely. Shorter than expected. The hair is as white as you would expect it to be. But he was very, very nice. The food was great. All the good things. So it's making me very happy because I'm excited that my little neighborhood restaurant is getting noticed because it's so worth it. And the staff there are perfectly lovely human beings that deserve all the recognition. So Coming up soon, I will let everybody know on my social media when we know that that episode is going to be live. We have no idea yet, but definitely a once in a lifetime experience. And it was really cool seeing them make a TV show. And it makes me wish that I had stuck with being in production when I was in college because it was super cool. I was nerding out over all the cameras and the crew and asking them a million questions. And they were like, shh. We're recording and I'm like, can we write on it? Can I text you? And they're like, you can't have your phone out. And I'm like, oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, so, I, But it was a really cool experience. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay. What else is making you happy? My second thing is fountain soda. So I'm a big soda drinker. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know I don't drink coffee, but I do love soda. Particularly, I love diet soda. I used to be a huge Diet Coke fanatic. Now I'm a Diet Pepsi fanatic. I've converted. I know people who like soda will have an opinion about that, Um, but I'll drink either one. Anyways, I used to be like for years from college until 2019. I would get a fountain soda every day of my life. I would like on my way into the office, I would stop at the gas station and I would get a fountain soda and I would drink it throughout the day. And that was my thing. And on days off, I would get up and go drive to the gas station just to get a a fountain, a fountain drink. And in 2019, I a started working from home and B got laid off. So I needed 
to save money, I started drinking soda at home, either two liters or cans or whatever. And then obviously the pandemic hit. We weren't really going anywhere for a while. And it just became my habit. My new habit became just drinking soda at home every day. But recently I've been getting fountain drinks again. And I am so happy. Like they literally make me so happy. I, it's so, if you drink soda, you know, it's best from the fountain. That's the best. So I'm delightfully happy. That's bringing me a lot of joy. Um, Fountain soda every day. Um, I love not that today. for you. I love that for you. Um, I will tell you that I do not drink soda. I drink a lot of. I love coffee, so I drink a lot of coffee throughout the day, or V eight energy drinks, or a lot of water. However, I will tell you that it is a known fact that if you drink a McDonald's Coca Cola from the fountain when you have had too many adult beverages, it will cure. Your hangover. I'm just telling you, that's the only time I drink Coca Cola, and any time that I drink them, it is worth it and delicious. So, okay, I love that. Um, <laughs> the next thing making me happy is if you have not seen the new season of Black Mirror. First of all, what are you doing with your life? The new season dropped, and I could not could not binge it fast enough. Specifically, there is an episode called Beyond the Sea, and it's got Aaron Paul in it, and it is absolutely wonderful it's thought-provoking um it also has wait for it josh hartnett where all my 90s babies at if you know who josh hartnett is and you're not a millennial um he is also in that episode and he is wonderful i have been thinking about that episode for weeks i can't quit thinking about it it's so lovely heartbreaking wonderful highly recommend it if you like things that are different and intriguing um when you're watching tv this is definitely something to deep dive in it's not for the faint of heart but it is oh chef's kiss so good i'm fascinated by this because i liked black mirror back in the day but we canceled netflix so i haven't watched the new season and i know that sounds crazy i've had netflix literally since it was only dvds i have all the streaming services, but we canceled Netflix uh, in, I mean, for a lot of reasons, actually, I'm not going to like spend a lot of time on that. We canceled it for a lot of reasons, but because of that, I haven't seen the new Black Mirror. Oh my God. It's so good, Sarah. It's worth getting. It's worth getting. Like I could probably even give you my login. It's so <laughs> good. It's so good. What's the last thing making you happy? Um, The last thing making me happy. And I talked about this on, I think on the last episode, but um is definitely looking forward to vacation. It's definitely looking forward to 11 days off. <laughs> and I I don't know if I've ever, while actively employed, if I've ever had 11 days off. I was trying to think about this. The only thing I can think is that I had a job. Um, I used to work for Girl Scouts back in the day, like 10 years ago. And they used to gift us uh, the days between Christmas Day and New Year's Day off. And... I probably, depending on how that fell with like weekends, there were probably times that that equated to 11 straight days. But other than that, I've never taken 11 straight days off before uh, while actively employed. So I'm very excited to have 11 straight days off and to just spend some time with Eric and to really to talk about things other than the business, I, I've been saying to my clients in preparation for this, like, listen, I've been so obsessed with my business, our podcast, like all the things that I'm working on that we're working on together that 
Eric supports the business. He loves the business. He works in the business too. He loves to see me thrive, but like he deserves to have a partner who wants to talk about something other than work. So for his sake and for the sake of our relationship, I'm looking forward to finding other things to talk about for 11 days to just take some time off together and like uh, just a romantic time. So I'm excited for that. Also, of course, excited to see you in person. We're going to get to spend some time together face to face, which will be so good. I can't wait. As people say, I can't wait to hug your neck and Aww. to be together in person. Can't wait to meet Drew. Can't wait for Drew and Eric to meet. I'm just, I'm really looking forward to that FaceTime with you. And actually we were like debating whether or not we wanted to do the Vegas trip or not. And um, Eric said, how can we not take the opportunity for you to be together with Amanda? Aww, so, so like, sweet. we have to make this, we, we have to go, we have to make this trip because um, this is a really big priority and he loves you and he loves us and uh, very supportive of that. So really looking forward to that. Although by the time this airs, that will have already happened. <laughs> Yay. I'm so excited. That makes me so happy. I can't wait either. I can't What's wait either. What's your third thing? Um, the third thing is I love when good things happen to people that deserve it. Just good things for good people. Alternatively, I also love when bad things happen to bad people. But we're talking about the positive here. I love when good things happen to people who have worked really hard, put in the time and the effort, and they finally get to see the return on their investment. And that's for my dad. My dad is getting to ready to retire Aww. after almost 40 years years at the same business. He works, it's not even a business, a corporation. He works at a paper mill in my hometown. He started sweeping floors when he was 19 years old and he has worked his way up his entire life. And he has been the hardest worker almost to a fault that I have ever known. And um, he's retiring on July the 7th while we're in Vegas. But I'm so thankful that his company is going to do a luncheon in his honor on Friday. And I have I'm going to pull myself away from work to travel the hour there and then an hour back to go see his luncheon. Um, he was so precious. I was telling Sarah this before <laughs> we started recording. He was so precious about asking me to come. He was like, I know you're busy and you probably can't do it and it's fine. I don't want to put any pressure on you. But you could tell he genuinely wanted me to come. And it was the sweetest just so beautiful for someone who is just a, such a good, genuine human being. I tell everybody my dad is like Mr. Rogers and he's got a pool now in his backyard. We went and spent last weekend with him to celebrate Father's Day. And he's laid out Aww. in the back of his pool in his Hawaiian t-shirt living his best life. Um, so I'm excited for his next chapter. I can't wait to see what he does. I've never not seen my dad have a job or multiple. Aww. He got me falling in love with entrepreneurship at a young age when he had his furniture store and was working at this working at the paper mill at the same time and just such a hard worker so my dad is retiring I'm going to his luncheon on Friday we're having David's catfish and he called and asked me what kind of platter <laughs> I wanted I was like you're so precious I'm just happy to go so um, good things for good people like my dad that's what's making me happy so if you like the show please leave us a five-star review and subscribe and like all of the things that we post on Instagram, please, you can file, follow us at Big Brave Business. You can follow Sarah at Sarah K. Heater. And you can follow me at Amanda Nelson Reads. And we will see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Bye.